0: Baseball 365 Podcast,
1: and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston.
0: And what it gonna do when Hulkamania and the largest arms in the world run wild on you? It may not be Hulkamania, but it's prospect mania. Welcome to episode 78 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, host of this show. You can follow us on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at JustinHughes365, and you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. If you haven't done so yet, join our Facebook group, Baseball365, where very, every day there's a bunch of baseball conversations going on, people talking about trades, things happening during games. It's it's a great social place to just talk about baseball with other people that are equally passionate. And if you you haven't done so yet, We would really appreciate it if you leave us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. It's a great way to support the show. On tonight's episode, we're going to talk about these rookie call-ups and players catching our eye. And let me get Andrew on. And, Andrew, I've got a question for you. If you could only have one beverage to drink for the rest of your life, what would it be? I'm
1: going to let you go first.
0: Mmm... You know, I love, I'm a big milk drinker. I love milk. And the idea of not having milk is very upsetting. But I also don't, if I only drink milk, I think it would not end well for me. It would not result in me being very healthy. I I hack a lot and I think I would be a lot worse. If I'm drinking more milk, I'm hacking more. So I'm just honestly, it's going to be water. I'm just gonna drink water, boring for the rest of my life, and be okay. But if it wasn't that, I'd probably go lemonade, which probably doesn't surprise you.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. You, I actually thought that was what you were gonna say.
0: No, I, I, I really like water, and I drink a ton of it every day. So I'd be all right with that.
1: Yeah, I would. Uh, I was actually thinking. I think I would have to do water too, um, not to be boring, but. I really, really love orange juice. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love orange juice. Like I could, the flavor. I, I, yeah, I just like it. I, I don't think that I would want that as my only drink forever, oh, though. No. You know. And then I, I like coffee and I like beer, but same with those. You know. So, I'd probably go water too. But uh, yeah, those are all tempting.
0: Growing up, my best friend in high school, he had. He loved orange juice like that, too. He just loved the flavor. You're that way, too, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can just—I always have some, I like, in my fridge, you know, because I'm—I can just constantly just—oh, yeah. I try and get the low-sugar one, so I. I'm not. <laughs> it's not too much of it, but, yeah, I love orange juice.
0: You know, I drink a glass of orange juice every morning, but I've only been doing that the last five, ten years. Because I don't really love the flavor of orange juice. It's okay. I can drink it. But I drink it just for health. And if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't good for me, I'd never drink it again. It doesn't do anything for me. But for health reasons, I continue drinking it a glass a day. But my buddy was that way. I mean, his whole family was that way. And they'd buy gallons of that stuff every week. And I'm like, (laughs) ugh. Because at that time, I wasn't worried about it. And I never wanted to drink it. Yeah. It's good stuff. But we're boring and we're picking water, not picking beer. We're not picking soda or anything, any of the other. What What's your soda of choice do, or do you drink it at
1: all? I don't really drink too much. I I, usually, I like Sprite, I like Sierra Mist or Sprite, but I don't really drink too much pop.
0: Oh, I, That was going to be my next question is do you call it soda, Coke, or whatever? And you go pop.
1: <laughs> pop, yeah.
0: I've been calling it soda for last like twenty years. Before that, I always called it Coke. But I drank Dr Pepper most, pretty much solely as a kid. But I don't. I haven't had a soda at all in probably five to ten years now. I've just decided to quit it and haven't looked back. Yeah, good for you. Yeah, as healthy as I sound like when I drink. If we talk about food, it's a completely different story. (laughs) Well, as I showed in the open with uh, as I mentioned, it's prospect mania. Good Lord, Andrew, I counted it up. We have 13 prospects that have been called up in the last 7, 8 days that I listed. I'm sure I probably even missed some, but I don't ever remember a time like this.
1: Yeah, yeah, there's been a lot. I I'm really not surprised too much. I feel like I've said before, but like you with have. this the way this season is, it's just um not too surprising to me so there was even at least one more today so
0: yeah so in the last week I got them written down here and we're going to just kind of touch into some of these guys Dylan Carlson he was the first one I think he may have, they they it, I don't know if it was official when we recorded last but it was rumored that he was going to be up when the Cardinals returned and then after that Casey Mize Tariq Skobel and Isaac Paredes all announced by the Tigers, Christian Pache, Alec Baum, Dane Dunning, Kybert Ruiz, Joey Bart, Sixto Sanchez, Ryan Mountcastle, Tristan McKenzie, and Jesus Sanchez. So of this list, as I'm reading that off, I think almost all of these guys are top 100 prospects right now on some list, whether fantasy or real life, and for a couple of them that aren't, they were at one point. I, I'm pretty certain I've seen all of these guys on the list at one point or another.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're all, I'm a lot of them anyways, and yeah, maybe at some point for all of them, yeah.
0: I mean, I've seen McKenzie be a top 25, 35 guy. He's not on the list now, but before his injuries three, four, th- two or three years ago, he was up there. It's It's nuts. So, first question. Who are your top three from this list would you want to own rest of season?
1: My, um, I, I think my top three would be pretty much 1 and 1A. One I would have Mize. I think I would have Mize 1, actually. But uh, Mize and Carlson would be like 1 and 1A. One and then Baum would be my third
0: boring but I agree and yeah I think Mize is number one right now for me also I mean it comes down to this I think pitching is just harder to find right now than bats everybody's struggling to find pitching even the people who say they've got a lot of pitching in redraft leagues they're still scrambling to fill these spots to where yeah Mize is a it's hard to find a guy like that coming up and he's polished and I think he's uh, how was his first start you said you watched a lot of that the other day
1: right yeah, I watched a good amount of it. it. It looked really good. Seven strikeouts, no walks. I mean, the actual stat line didn't look great. I want to say he gave up seven hits, three runs. But, um, yeah, 7Ks, no walks. I mean, Splitter was nasty. made made Abreu look stupid. I mean, yeah, I think he's pretty much like, I mean, especially if you're talking 15-team leagues. I mean, I think he's one of those guys you just pitch – You pitch him every time, pretty much regardless of the matchup. I mean, he may get blown up once or twice. He's a rookie, obviously, you know, stuff like that. But uh, with the way guys are dropping like flies and stuff and, like you said, kind of needing pitching, um, if Casey Mize is available in your redraft league, I would be extremely aggressive on going after him. I I know I mentioned it to you a couple days ago after that start, one of the leagues that I'm in that, I could use him because I need the pitching. He's uh, He was owned, so I can't even bid him. I was going to bid a ton on him. So I'd recommend it. I mean, I just think he's going to be really good. I still think Carlson's going to be really good. Not the greatest start, but um, some of it I just feel like he's just hitting right into outs. I mean, he's hitting the ball hard, pretty good play discipline. So I'm not worried about him at all. And then Baum, from what I've seen, is it Baum or Baum? Do you know? I've heard it said both ways.
0: I feel like I've heard it more say bomb, but I don't, I, yeah. wouldn't
1: bet, I wouldn't bet on it. Um, but he's looked good at the plate from what I've seen. I, I've watched a good amount of his at-bats, and it's been a lot of swinging at strikes, not swinging at bad pitches, you know, stuff like that. So um, I've been pretty impressed with him. Not a ton of power yet. I did see him lace one to the gap yesterday. I want to say it was yesterday, right center field gap. I think it like one hop to the wall, but um, – I think it's going to come, the power, and, yeah, I think he'll, he should be pretty good rest of the year.
0: You know, Carlson, it's I'm looking at his fan graphs page for the first time. I haven't looked at it since he came up. And, the, uh, you know, I've watched a decent amount of his at-bats being a Cardinal fan. I think you've watched even more than me. And early on, he was just lacing him into outs. I do think the last couple days, he's I've it seemed like his confidence is a little wavered. But on the same note, I don't. I'm not worried about that long term. I think he's a couple hits away from just getting. I, I could see him getting hot and really get going. And it's interesting to look. I mean, fifty. It's we're talking small samples. A week, fifty percent hard contact, ground balls, fly balls, both look real good in terms of right at forty one percent of each. I mean, he's getting. He's elevating the ball. That means line line driver at eighteen percent. So, yeah. I expect good things, and I agree on those three being the top three. Um, beyond that with these guys, I mean, how many of these other guys are you going to be adding, go putting bids on, would
1: you say? Well, let's see. I mean, I think that um, it depends on the size of the league. I mean, generally I'm playing a 15 teamers, so I guess like just going off of that, I think – I think Scooble's worth a bid. I, I know he didn't pitch great in his first outing, got hit kind of hard. Um, but I think he's worth a bid if you need pitching. There's definitely worse pitchers rostered in 15-team leagues, I feel like. so, um, Really, any of these guys. I mean, Paredes, if you need a middle infielder. I know he hit a grand slam today, I think it was. Yes. Um, and... Who were the last few you named because they're not on my list? I just missed... Yeah,
0: Sixto Sanchez is the one Sixto, I specifically yeah. want to
1: bring up. Yeah, Sixto I would probably add, two in 15-teamer. In 12-teamers, I mean, I think that it's really the ones we named, maybe Scooble, maybe Sixto, but probably not, actually, in, in that shallow of a league. And um, these other guys... Pache, Dunning, Ruiz. I mean, probably not. I mean, maybe in 15-teamers for a small bid, depending on you know, what you're trying to do and stuff. But uh, the playing time with those guys, I don't know. I just don't know how it's going to be. Yeah, Kebert is... I, I haven't looked
0: to see exactly how many games he's played, but he's got Austin Barnes there. I don't see him getting a high percentage unless he's just absolutely shoving it. The guy who actually, I think could have the easiest line to playing time. And I could see having a good start is Ryan Mountcastle. He's not my favorite, like in a dynasty league on this list, but I think he's got the clearest path to playing time there in Baltimore. And they got, I mean, with Chris Davis now on the shelf, they have no reason to not play him to where if he gets going, I could see him running with that gig for a while and being in a good hitting park and a good division. And, I don't know what's going on with the Royals, but they got a lot of guys that are performing right now offensively to where I, th- I think he could be an interesting ad.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the bad teams, I mean, even Paredes too, it's like those guys are going to probably play, you know? Yes. So that's definitely valuable.
0: Yes. Okay, well, anything else you want to add on these prospects before we get going? Moving on to the next?
1: No, not too much. I mean, short term it's like I said, there's little over a month left in the season. I mean, we're basically almost halfway. So, it's kind of crazy to think but about, but
0: Before we move on, Joey Bart, what are your thoughts on him for this year? Oh
1: yeah, yeah, I would pick Bart up. I I'm sorry, I've totally forgot him. I would yeah, pick I
0: just saw his name. I was like, "Wait, we need yeah, to touch on him." Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely um in honestly in a 15 team one catcher league, there's probably catchers that I'd rather have barred over that are starting, you know? Okay. So, um, yeah, I don't know what exactly where I would rank. I mean, obviously the offense isn't that great, but, um, if I had to say off the top of my head, probably 10 to 12, somewhere in there. Like yeah. I was going to say near the, season.
0: near the end of the top 10 is what I was thinking. So we're yeah. pretty close. Same.
1: Yeah. Somewhere in there. I mean, I'm not looking at a list, you know, I, might be a little higher might be a little lower but yeah definitely he definitely needs to be owned
0: okay and I still want to go over one more and that's Christian Pache for starters Atlanta is he looking like he's going to have regular playing time in Atlanta
1: well Marcakis went on the injured list I know that and obviously Acuna is there so yeah um I think for now but it's hard to say
0: how how do you think he's going to do out of the gate I mean the The nice thing about him is he's elite uber elite defensively but offensively, I think I've said before i'm I'm not so certain that i would i'm as interested in him in fantasy because I'm just not i don't know if the bats there I don't know i don't I'm worried about the steals, but I know there are a lot of people that are incredibly high on him i'm I'm near the low man, but what are your thoughts on him for this year?
1: uh this in year play? I'm not too interested. I mean maybe if like you you need an outfielder, maybe like a small bid. I don't know. How, I I just don't know how much he's going to play for sure. Short term, I mean, long term, I think he's going to be good because his defense is so good that it's just going to afford him opportunities over and over. And if the bat improves, I mean, he could be a really good player. But um, short term, I don't. I don't really know how I feel. I wouldn't get too crazy on him. Maybe if you want to bid a few bucks and see what happens, but I wouldn't be. Um, counting on too much from him this season. Yeah, I was going to say it
0: sounds like a guy you spend a couple bucks bucks as a spec, put him on your bench and see what happens. Yeah. Because we've seen crazy things happen. And I don't even think him blowing up and hitting real great would be would be something crazy compared to some of the other things we see. Right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally.
0: Okay. Well, let's take a quick break and then Andrew and I we're going to go over some players catching our eye. Okay. Well, Andrew, I got this idea from just thinking about, you know, we're watching a lot of games, seeing box scores, and there are people that are catching our eye that we haven't really talked about yet, and I thought, well, instead of me coming up with some, I thought I'd give up, or I'd come up with a couple and give you some homework to come up with some guys that are sticking out to you, good or bad, and just kind of break down what what it is we're seeing that's causing us to like them and possibly be good buying opportunities or whatever it is. Maybe, I guess buying opportunities would be it. So, Andrew, I came up with four guys. How many did you do?
1: Yeah, I've got four.
0: Okay. Well, good. Then that means we can just bounce back and forth on this. That's perfect. So I'll, I'll let you go first. Who do you want to start with?
1: So my first guy is... Uh... Corey Seeger. I know I had the post the other day in the group and, um, yeah, he's just been awesome. I mean, crushing everything, all of his, um, stat cast metrics and everything looks really good. Obviously he's hitting now in the three spot or the two spot in the Dodgers order, uh, right between Betts and Turner Bellinger. So that's a real cushy spot. I mean, there was a lot of points last year where he was hitting six, five, six, somewhere in there. I want to say so, uh, but yeah, just hitting everything hard, healthy. I mean, I think that was part of the problem last year was he just wasn't healthy. And um, there was a lot of people down on him this off season. I, I know from experience just cause I haven't been a dynasty league and I um, definitely that's, that's changed for sure. His value's gone up a lot. So yeah, just, like him. I still think that he's probably a little bit underrated by the masses, but people are catching on fairly quick. I mean, I'm not real shocked by any of this too much. I mean, he's always been a highly, he was a highly touted prospect. He's had good points throughout his career. Um, just the last year to year and a half, you know, maybe he's, hasn't been, uh, perfectly shiny, but you know, this year he's been really, really good. So just, uh, just a guy that's kind of stood out to me so far.
0: You're, you were a year late on him because I know this is a guy you were really high on last year, and you mentioned Statcast, so I popped over there to go look at it, and I'm looking at it, and that, yeah, he's off the charts on everything right now. Exit yeah. velocity, 97th percentile. Hard hit rate, 96. X slugging, hundredth percentile. Expected batting average, 99th. Barrel percentage, 98. That is in some incredible performance going on with him right now to where yeah this is a so you're thinking this might be a new Corey Seager right now in terms of you know he came in as a highly touted prospect I think he was a top 10 prospect coming into the league and he has not shown that that type of he hasn't hit that ceiling really since 2016.
1: Yeah well I mean I don't expect him to like end the season or well this season so strange that maybe you will but you know like if it was a 162 game season I wouldn't necessarily expect him to be in the top five percent of all of these metrics you know just totally crushing everything but that said I mean I think he's better than he was last year the year before he was hurt a lot so it's been a little bit of time since we've kind of seen it from him Full on, and uh, yeah, I definitely think that he his stock is up from uh, wh- even where it was, you know, a month, m- month, two months ago.
0: So, yeah, he was the 17th shortstop off the board in ADP this offseason, looking at with an ADP of 140. I was thinking about doing a him or him game, but as I look at the guys above him, it really seems like a lot of them are performing right now. So, we'll save that the for the top
1: of game. that. Uh, man, the top of that Dodgers lineup is just, yeah. I mean how do you what do you who do you pitch to like it's just ridiculous.
0: It's stupid. I put a post up on baseball three sixty five a few days ago asking basically which is the or who makes you most nervous and I had that pitching at l a and I had pitching at Colorado and I think it's i I do think it's Colorado, but it, I still couldn't help but pause and wonder just because that lineup's so sick,
1: yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, well, I'll start off with Eric Hosmer, and I'll mention right off the bat, I've got a Royals theme to a lot of my guys tonight. I have three of the four guys have a Royals theme, and Hosmer is an ex-Royal. But as of about 11 p.m. when I wrote these stats, I think two nights ago, Wednesday night, Hosmer's stats were a two hundred fifty batting average, a three hundred eight on on-base percentage, four home runs, which I know he hit a grand slam yesterday, Uh, so why am I bringing him up that really doesn't stand out to me and it's mostly from whenever you go look at his StatCast page when you look at that you can tell that he is having a he had a swing change between StatCast and Fangraphs I should say Um, launch angles for Eric Hosmer since 2015 2015 it was 6 2016 it was 4 2017 it was 3.8 2018, it was negative 1.4. 2019, last year, it was 2.1. This year, in the early going, it's 11.8. This has led to more fly balls. His ground ball rate has been over 50% every year since his rookie year in 2011. That was a partial season. This year it's 36.6%. Fly ball rate has been under 30% for the last five years until this year. And this year it's at forty eight point eight percent. He's having a career high barrel rate, career high hard hit rate, career low soft contact percentage. And again we're talking small sample, but it's clear when you look at what he's doing that something's changed. So why is he only hitting two fifty? Well, like batting average on balls and plays at two sixteen right now, and yeah, he's hitting the ball harder, he's hitting it in the air, so maybe that is leading to more outs, but If these swing changes are legit, it does look like he's probably getting unlucky here on the batting average department. And owners might not be noticing that this could be a new Hosmer, and if so, this could be a buying opportunity. I needed a corner infielder in a Dynasty League this week, or this year, and I traded for him, and I am really excited to have him on my team. So that's my number one, Andrew. You can either, if you got anything to react to, react or just move on to your guy
1: yeah no it's uh it's a good one i actually traded him in a dynasty league today but (laughs) for no for no reason other than i just had a need and had to address it but yeah Yeah, you uh, weren't even
0: playing him in your defense
1: yeah no i wasn't really using him so uh but yeah no i i definitely think that um it's intriguing with him especially in comparison to what he's done the last couple of years so yeah definitely i like it All right. Who's your first? Who's your next one? So my, uh, my second one is Aaron Savali with the, uh, with the Indians. And, um, really what it is is just, I've just been paying a little bit more attention to him. I got him in a dynasty league traded for him and, um, just kind of followed him a little bit. And I mean, really this guy just, he just keeps performing. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not huge stuff. So it's. I feel like it's easy to be like that isn't going to continue or whatever, you know, just feel like that it's something that isn't sustainable. And, you know, maybe it isn't, but, I mean, so far through 15 career starts, obviously going back to last year because he pitched some last year in the in the majors, He's got a 255 ERA and a 101 whip with not quite a K per inning. I mean, a little bit less than a K per inning. This year, Ks are up even from what they were last year. The walks are down. I mean, he's got three walks and 34 innings. Just pitching really good, and I feel like it's um, it's just one of those things where nobody is really giving him respect. Like, you can get him for fairly cheap, Um and yeah, I, th- I just think a lot of it lines up. Fip is at 270. His ERA is at 291. Fips at 270. Xfips at 340. So even if he's regress regresses from what he's doing, which he probably will, but um, I just feel like you might have a good like number three type starter here with possibly even some upside for more. I mean, he's pitched through his. 15 starts which is basically half of a half a season if it was a you know a full season he's pitched like close to an ace i mean number two maybe with the lack of uh dominant strikeout numbers but it's not you know not a big fastball so it's not gonna like wow you but uh the indians have done it with stranger guys you know like it's uh, the indians they do well with their pitchers and um yeah, I just think Savali's another one of those guys. I think he's locked into the rotation now, which is even more of a key because that was some of the argument I think last year, like against him, you know, oh, if this guy struggles, you're just gonna throw him back in the minors and all that. And I, I just think he's past that point now. So definitely established. He's twenty five and um yeah, I like him. Besides the
0: Dodgers, I think the Dodgers are the only other team organization that I would say you would have more faith in with with a fantasy pitcher coming up right now. I mean, the Indians have a really good track record with these arms and what they've made out of them. I mean, Savali, yeah. the, the Carrascos had a really good career. Bieber, Clevenger, um, even, oh, shoot, the guy that Danny Salazar, you know, he had some health problems, but he was electric. They, they've just – Kluber was really good, or had – Kluber won a Cy Young there, right?
1: I think he won two. Yeah. I want to say a couple. But yeah, so anyway. like ex- expected ERA for Savali last year, 332. This year, 324. I mean, a lot of it too was Savali, and I just I have to stress this is the cost required to get him. Mm-hmm. It just it just isn't much, you know, and it's it's not like I expect him to be this all on ace, but um I just think that there's enough there with what he's shown and what I feel like he can do going forward. I mean, there's some cushy matchups in there too with like Detroit and KC. I think he faced the, I think it was the pirates the other day. Cause they're playing, you know, central versus central and complete game. I think it was one. I think he gave up a run in the ninth, but he had a shutout through eight. I mean, it's just, he's just been really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. the, I moved him last offseason, He I, mostly because I was trying to upgrade pitching, and I thought he's he's solid, but I don't didn't think he was special. That four sixty one x had me a little nervous, and yeah, that's down to three point four, and he's going deeper in the games too. I don't want to keep. I need to get off this so we can keep moving. But thirty four innings and five starts, he's averaging almost seven innings a start so far in the early going.
1: That's yeah. impressive. Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, moving on. My next one is Josh Stalmont.
1: I don't even know how to pronounce that. Have you heard? Do you have any idea? I think Stalmont. I think, but we could be wrong.
0: Starting pitcher prospect that had really good stuff coming up, terrible ability to locate. And last year he was moved to the bullpen, and he's been excelling in that role. Go this year. He's got a zero point nine three ERA. And a 17 strikeouts per nine innings, with only with only about four and a half walks per nine, which it was up in the I think six, seven, eight range whenever per nine when he was st- starting in the minor leagues. Mostly, I just want to say this guy looks like a future closer. I could easily see Trevor Rosenthal getting traded even within a month, and as long as he can keep the control where it's at, been, where it's been this year and last, it was four and a half walks per nine in his time in the pen last year, too. I think this guy's a closer, and I tried grabbing him in Rotomasters, two in the Dynasty League this last week. I got outbid. I thought the guy who grabbed him made a real smart grab there because I think this guy looks like he could be a closer within a month, and he's got the stuff to excel in that role. You always want to grab... I mean, Josh Hader's a great example. He was a filthy pitcher with terrible ability to with who really didn't didn't have good location you put them in the pin where you only have to throw an inning these guys can become unhittable closers I mean that's the recipe for them
1: yeah definitely um you think he'll close with that walk
0: rate yeah I do I mean Edwin Diaz is a guy who has always had a who's had a walk rates in the three four per nine and he still excels most of the I shouldn't say he right now is a weird time to say that but I, yeah, I think you can get by with that as a closer. I mean, Trevor Rosenthal's another one who's had high walk rates over the years, and I think he, he gets the role. I'm not I'm not certain he, he holds on to it for five years because usually that catches up with people, and they go yeah, through the like a, where
1: they lose the role. It's like a volatile but, thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, but
1: yes, I do think he's the next man up if they trade Rosenthal. Yeah, it definitely could be. I, I've been kind of following that pen a lot this year, and it's been really interesting because it was – like, it was Holland there for a second, and then it's been yep. Rosenthal, and yeah. I mean, so, it was
0: Kennedy going into the year, and Kennedy, right. to our knowledge, didn't do anything to lose the role. Just yeah, the guy started popping in there.
1: Right, yeah. Yeah, he didn't do anything. I don't think he even got a save opportunity at the start of the season. No, he did not. Yeah.
0: Okay, who's your third one?
1: So uh, my third one is for a little bit deeper leagues. I mean, definitely fifteen teamers. But Danny Duffy, and um, I just want to bring him up. I mean, it's been so a few years back. I want to say it was. Uh, I'm actually pulling it up right now. I want to say it was 2016. Yeah, he had a really good oh, seat. Yeah. Had a really good season. 179 innings. 3.51 ERA. Uh, WHIP was pretty good i don't have it uh, 114 whip and over a k per nine or over a k per inning uh, this year he's up over 10ks per nine uh walks are down as low as they've been in the last few years and um the big the main thing with him like kind of the way that i look at it with him it's like I think he's speaking of the Royals, but sticking with your Royals theme here. Uh, I think he is going to pitch like he's going to take the ball every fifth day because he's, I mean, arguably this is kind of sad, but he's arguably their best starting pitcher or close Brad Keller's kind of going off right now too. But, uh, and I, I have faith that he's going to get strikeouts. I mean, sometimes his, his walks have kind of let him down in the past. He's been hittable. Uh, but right now, I mean, he's, he's been good. His fastball his the numbers on his fastball. I actually don't have it in front of me at the moment, but, um, his fastball this season, I want to say it's a, give me your thoughts on Duffy here. I'm pulling it up. Just give me a quick thought. Any take on him or,
0: well, I, I really hadn't followed him at all. And I'm looking at his Statcast cast page right now or his Fangraphs page. And what surprises me, the strikeout rate is definitely up. ERA looks just like it's been. The xFIP is kind of surprising to me because with the everything I'm seeing with strikeout rate, walk rate, it looks like he should be l- being unlucky right now. And the xFIP still shows four and a half ERA, and I'm wondering why. I'm sitting here scrambling through, and I just pulled up his stat- cast page too. Like, why is that? And
1: yeah, uh, so spin. his uh, sorry, his expected ERA right now is three nineteen, and his four-seamer has a 093 batting average against a 147 xba expected batting average against and a 256 slugging percentage against i mean that's that his four-seamer has been more effective than jacob Degrom's this year because i looked at de grom's the earlier just for a comparison mm-hmm. for slash lines so fastball is really good i mean How long will it hold up? I'm not really sure, but I've kind of just always had that season in the back of my head. Like Mm -hmm. It's not that shocking to me when Danny Duffy pitches well. He's been inconsistent the last few years. I totally get it. I'm talking mostly about 15-team leagues. Like I think he's the type of guy that needs to be owned in 15-team leagues and right now needs to be started. I mean, his last two starts, I think it was Sunday and today, have both been against the Twins, who are arguably the best offense in baseball, and he's dominated both starts. He's pitched great, so I would just be pitching him right now. I mean, I—I um, I mean, obviously, you know, he's been on waiver wires and or cheap in drafts, you know, whatever. So the cost is minimal. But uh, yeah, if he's available, fifteen-team league, I'd pick pick him up. Twelve-teamer, I'd, I'd even consider it, but. Um, obviously it's not a great team, so you got to watch the wins and stuff, but yeah, I just, uh, kind of like him right now.
0: Uh, help me out here. Uh, I know what XFIP, how is XFIP and XERA? What's the difference between those two?
1: Um, know? I'm not sure exactly what goes into expected ERA. No, I'd have to look it up. Okay. Cause his XFIP. Cause is expected ERA f- is on baseball savant and then XFIP, uh-huh. XFIP is just XFIP, but.
0: Okay. he. I think he started tonight too, yeah. Yeah, yeah he win, did. Five innings, one run, six Ks. Yeah. Good start. And, yeah, I, I need to look into that and figure out what that is because, yeah, that's a big difference between XFIP showing 4.5 and, and XERA showing 319. Yeah, that's some homework to look into. Maybe we can talk about that next episode. Okay, I'll move on to my next one, and this one is not Royals related. This is Kyle Lewis. And Kyle... A buddy asked me about him, so I did some digging. Last I knew, he was striking out a lot. I want to say his strikeout rate was near 40 percent. And I first went to Fangraphs when I was just doing some digging on him a couple days ago, and I was encouraged because his K rate was down to 25 percent, and his walks were 12.5 percent. Batting average was 344 with a 433 batting average in balls in play, so it was clear that was had some good luck. But then when I went to a Statcast page. I was rather concerned. Uh, his exit velocity and hard hit rate specifically were both around 23%, the 23rd 30 percentile in the majors. So for a guy to have that much, that not getting that, that, for a guy who's not making that hard contact, that makes me really wonder about that 344 average, 433 BABIP, and, you know, his stats look real good, and I know he's a guy who people are going after, but if your hard hit rate is in, uh, below average like that, I, it makes me wonder if this guy is, as, it, I I mean, I'm not saying, I, there are people that are out there buying, and I think that this could be a selling opportunity. That's just what I'd say about that. What are your thoughts on Lewis? And do do the stats, does that line up in terms of if you see somebody with a low exit velo- or yeah, exit velocity, like that. uh, Do you
1: get more concerned? A little bit. I think there's other stuff that goes into it, but I'm with you. I, I think, well, I guess with, um, I'm mostly with you pretty much everything you said. I, I think that this season I would probably like in a redraft league, I would just sit on him, you know, and just ride it out because it's only a month left. He's playing. He's obviously going to be playing the rest of the year. I mean, I don't see any reason he isn't as long as he's healthy um some of the other hitters in that lineup are just so dreadful that he should be playing and but yeah like in a dynasty league i i think i would sell him i um not real big on it long term and i i think that between how hot he is he actually homer tonight um sixth homer i think it was but with how hot he is and with him being young i just think that you can get somebody like you can find somebody that would be is more interested than than I would be I guess is the best way I could put it I mean there's always people looking for young hitters and he's obviously in the majors getting the opportunity I mean there are things to like and I think that uh you can kind of use that to sell him and get you a good piece so I would uh I would sell Kyle Lewis and Dynasty I'd hang on to him in redraft.
0: Yeah, I can I can get on board with that. And the other thing that comes with him is he's, he has pedigree. I do. People, especially in dynasty leagues, they remember he was a top five dynasty pick just a few years ago, and he had a knee injury. Maybe they're thinking, okay, now he's finally healthy. This is He's ready to take off and become a star. And, yeah, I'm not there.
1: Yeah. The other – I mean, with, with the short term, like I said, I mean, he's going to play the rest of this year. It's more so, like, next year and beyond that I would be concerned with. I mean – Let's be real here. Kellinic and Julio are two outfielders in that outfield when they're ready. Whenever the Next whenever a the year from now. Yeah, I don't I mean I don't want to say for sure. I don't know when they're going to call them up. I would expect Kellinic probably within that time. I don't know exactly on Julio, but whenever the Mariners deem those guys to be ready, they're in that outfield. So there's yep. one there's one spot left unless you're talking about D, about DH. And um, I mean, could Lewis have that other spot? Yeah, of course he could. I mean, he probably at the moment is the leader in the clubhouse for that spot. But um, I just feel like it's kind of a a tight window there where if he's not really performing in, say, a year, I mean, you could um, you could probably be sitting there wishing you'd sold in Dynasty. So, yeah, I, w- I would sell him for sure. Yeah, you, you could have a fourth outfielder.
0: Okay, who's your final guy?
1: So for my last one, I didn't do a specific guy. I just wanted to mention that um, the Orioles are—they're kind of raking right now. Um,
0: they sure are. Yeah,
1: they're—they're they're top ten in baseball in home run. I was looking today. I, I think it was home runs, slugging percentage, OPS. And may have been one other one hits or something. I don't remember. I I looked at a few different categories. Um, specifically, Anthony Santander, Pedro Severino, and Renato Nunez. I just want to mention these guys. I mean, none of these guys were really drafted. I I actually have shares of all three. I have um, I had Nunez and Severino in a dynasty league. <laughs> I got lucky on Severino. It's a 20-team dynasty with one catcher. And I just picked him up because I just was like, oh, he's playing, you know, whatever. And he's just been great. I, I think last I looked, he was the second or third-ranked catcher for the season behind <laughs> behind Real Muto. I mean, 159 WRC+, five homers, 380 on base. I mean, he's playing great. And um, Santander has been even better. I, I think there was a point. Within maybe the last week, where Santander was leading the a- Santander was leading the AL and RBI, he still might be. I don't. I'm not even sure, but he's got nine homers, twenty five RBI, twenty runs scored. I mean, and Nunez has shown some power. Nunez has done a little bit of a funk, but he's still got one thirty one WRC plus. So these guys are hitting. I mean, I feel like when I've got a pitcher now facing Baltimore, I'm I don't feel like I used to. Like I, I'm not saying that. I, I think that they're going to continue this forever, but I, I, yeah, they're just hot. And I don't, you know, usually it's like, Oh, Baltimore. Oh yeah. This is going to be a breeze seven shutout. You're just not even thinking, you know, about it. And uh, they're, they're not like uh, a real comfortable start, like uh, to use a pitcher against them right now, especially in Baltimore with that. I mean, obviously Camden, it's just bombs away. So I, uh, I just wanted to mention those guys. I've definitely been paying attention cause I have shares of actually each one, one of the, um, one of my draft champions, NFBC leagues, I'm doing really good. And I drafted Santander. I want to say as my fifth or sixth outfielder, it was like round 22 and man, it's just been huge. And I remember not even really targeting him, but it was just kind of at that point. And I was like, I needed bats. I think I took, I think I took, yeah, I took Carlson in that draft, um, a few rounds before. And I just remember thinking like, okay, I need it bats now because I don't know when Carlson's going to get them, you know? And, uh, I, I mean, I'd be lying if I acted like I ever expected this out of Anthony Santander. So just wanted to mention those guys. I think they're all playing well, man. I, it's crazy. I'm just thinking back to a month ago,
0: whenever I was saying that Santander Ruiz Nunez and Severino, that we're gonna be the big part of Baltimore being one of the best offenses in the American League. That was such a great call by
1: me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Said yeah. nobody. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, real <laughs> Ruiz. He's had he's got six bombs too. So
0: it's nuts. It's yeah. nuts what they're doing. But these guys are out there winning. I mean, people are gonna win leagues because of these guys. Just you grabbed them in free agency, or maybe I mean I. Don't know if it, many of these guys were getting drafted, but right. if they were, they were in game. Those guys are helping people win leagues. No matter what they do the rest of the way, they're getting they're getting people three four weeks of real good production, and when you get that in a sixty game sample, yeah, they can win some leagues. Chance Sisko's
1: even been playing good too, and he's their other catcher. Yeah, I think boy. he your um Yeah, I think he hit a he hit a home run tonight. So. Yes, he did. Yeah, I thought
0: of you when I saw that.
1: Yeah, they're, yeah, they're just hitting. I mean, they still can't pitch, but they're hitting.
0: And my fourth one, speaking of guys winning leagues for people, this guy is not, and that would be Adalberto Mondesi with the Royals. Oh man, we warned everybody about this guy last year, and he absolutely burned us in 102 games played before he started having the shoulder injuries. He hit 263, not bad, with nine home runs and 43 stolen bases. He was the guy to own last year in the first half, and I know I was eating a lot of crow on it because we both went off about how we thought that, that this was a terrible investment with the risk. And he played well. I mean, if it wasn't for the injury, he probably would have been a, really up there in the, as, in the final rankings. But this year, he's doing kind of what... I expected him to do last year. 31% strikeout rate, 2.5% walk rate, 217 batting average, 244 on base percentage. Start of the year, he was hitting second. He's been moved down to the bottom of the lineup, which I do remember last year us talking specifically about. It wouldn't shock me if by May he's sitting at the bottom of the lineup or in the minors. And well, he's not in the minors, but he's at the bottom of the lineup because he's not hitting. Statcast data at Baseball Savant looks even worse. Exit velocity is middle of the pack, but everything else is rough. 27th percentile hard hit rate, 16th percentile slug, 14th percentile on K rate, 6th percentile on whiff rate, and an ex-woba at 3%. It is ugly right now. Fortunately, he is on a bad team. Odds are he'll keep playing and he is getting a few steals here and there, but He's not getting people what they invested in unless he gets hot real quick. It's, it's He's going to disappoint a lot of people. And I'm going to be real curious if that happens, what his ADP looks like this offseason.
1: Oh, man, he is so bad, man. God. Yep. <laughs> like, he is... Um, if only we said all the things that we said <laughs> this year, <laughs> because... We'd look
0: We'd be brilliant for
1: anybody. Yeah, for anybody who didn't know or didn't hear it, but we, yeah, we just really trashed him last year. And
0: ten or fifteen minutes we talked on the shortstop preview. I mean, I it'd be worth going back and listening because it's all relevant right now. And
1: but it, it, we ranted on this. Yeah, yeah, we definitely did. I mean, he's never really been that good. He's always been fast. I mean, he's definitely fast, yes. you know, and he's still fast, but, uh, you can't steal first. I mean, it's kind of bottomed out with, um, with like the approach and getting on base. And I mean, it's, it's even worse than it was. It's ever been really. I mean, it's yeah, just really, really bad. 2.2% walk rate with a 32% K rate. I mean, doesn't get much worse than that. I, I, st- I mean, he's still got six steals. It's just, um, everything else is so bad. It's just, yeah, it's rough. So I don't really know what to think because I do still, I do think that the, um, you know, as hard as steals are to get, that there's still like has to be some level of intrigue there. But we've kind of seen it with uh, Billy and Malik's and these, bur- yeah. these burners that, I mean, I do, th- I think that, uh, Mondesi's a better hitter than they ever were. At least, at, at least when Mondesi was at his, be- his had been at his best, you know. But um, yeah, not by a ton. I mean, it's definitely not looking good right now. If it
0: doesn't get much better, I could see. But he still looks like he's going into the year with the job. Malik Smith, actually, maybe that's the area where we see him going because shortstop's real deep right now, anyways it's still such a hard position to fill the stolen base category is to where maybe that's where he's going, but I there aren't gonna be guys I'm more fascinated to see what their ADP looks like than out of yeah. at Alberto Mondesi if things don't change or even if they do, see where people are taking him this
1: off season. Well the yeah, that I'm yeah, totally with you. I I wonder how many people will be like um buying into this because it's only you know say he plays 55 games or whatever. I just wonder how many people will totally f- fade him that were buying him coming into the year, you know, because of the steals. I don't know. I'm, it it will be real uh, be really curious to see.
0: The one thing I will say is he had a pretty rough shoulder injury at the end of last year in Maybe that's still bothering him. Maybe it, and maybe he has an off season and actually gets himself right, and he can perform closer to that twenty eighteen, um, early twenty nineteen Mondesi, which wasn't still wasn't walking much, but he was electric. But so maybe there's a buying chance there. I don't know. Yeah, it'll
1: depend where his ADP is. I think. Yep. I think I'll be. Just based on what I know right this second, I think I'll be more likely to own him next year than I've ever been.
0: Because, for sure. Because,
1: I mean, the price should drop. I mean, we'll see the rest of the, what happens the rest of the year. But
0: I actually had a dynasty share of him. I traded him a year and a half ago to where I liked him just for the upside, even though I thought his bat was terrible. If he ever got himself playing time and got hot, I thought he could be a nice trade piece. He finished. He got much better... His value got much higher than I ever imagined it'd get at that time, so yeah. There, if his value's low enough, yeah, it might be something where he's interesting. Yeah. We'll just see. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. We got a couple listener questions we'll cover in the, before we get out of here. Okay, we're back, and we got a couple listener questions that we got from the Baseball 365 group that we'll finish up here with. Rando Spodling asks, I hope I said that right, uh, who did you draft in March that you thought was going to help you, but this delay with COVID nullified the pick? Or who did you draft in March that has helped you due to the late start? I got a couple answers for you each, Andrew. Who do you got for the delay nullifying Or, yeah, who did you think was going to help you but the delay nullified that?
1: Uh, My best answer to that would probably be David Price. Um, I had him in one league where (laughs) my strategy was kind of to draft all the Dodgers starters. I think I took – it was a draft and hold. And I took Kershaw, Price, May – and gonsolin i don't think i got stripling in that one but that's probably a good thing at this point um but yeah may has obviously been pretty good kershaw's been great and gonsolin's had a couple good starts so but yeah price i mean not obviously the the whole um delay and everything and then him opting out so that's probably my best answer uh what about you
0: Price would be my number one. Also, I was high on him this last offseason. Even before he was traded from Boston to the Dodgers, I loved his ADP. And then he got traded to the Dodgers, and I thought I had hit gold because I had already grabbed him in two redraft leagues. I think they were both draft and holds. And that's an unfortunate thing now because I got nothing out of him. And I had Kopak in one of my two draft and holds. So I had Price and Kopak on the same team. It's like, well, that lit my pitching staff on fire for... Because it's hard to have you got to have depth in those leagues, and losing two guys before it starts, rough. Uh, Puig, he wasn't signed yet. I I really thought he would sign before the season began, and sure enough, he was. If if he hadn't come down with the virus, he would have been in Atlanta right now. Yeah,
1: real uh, quick, what I was just thinking of this the other day, and I almost posted it in the group. What is going on with him? Like, I that's see, a good question. Where is he now? Because the, the other thing was is like the Braves calling up Pache and they've got like Marcakis and Acuna hurt. I mean, you still have COVID or what is the deal?
0: I mean, He's got to be over that. It's been, a month I would soon. think. Yeah. But maybe people just don't want to teams just don't want to bring, bring people in from the outside at this point. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know.
1: I was thinking about that because of all their injuries and the fact that, you know, I, I kind of thought once that, once he got over it and every, they might just do it again, you know. But I don't know. I just it's kind of weird. Like nothing from Puig. I, I definitely would have thought he would have been with somebody.
0: Maybe there's more to that story that we didn't hear. Yeah. I, I don't know, but it does seem odd. Yeah.
1: Sorry to cut you off there. I just thought of it when you mentioned him.
0: No, you're good. Julio Rodriguez. I really thought he would be up this year, and I took him in some draft holds. That's really minor. I also got Cespedes late, and I thought I had hit one on come out with one that was a good one at first because he was up early. But I mean, I think the COVID actually hurt in the long run, cause it gave him an excuse to opt out and not even have to play. What about the helped? Do you have anybody that you think helped with his late start?
1: My best one probably would be um, Aaron judge and he's, Oh, that's a good and one. And he's hurt again now. But uh, when I, <laughs> When I drafted him, it was in back in March. And uh, obviously, the long delay gave him plenty of time to get healthy. And then he took off. I mean, he's, he's actually still having a great season, even though he's been on the IL, got nine home runs. I mean, obviously, he just took off right there at the beginning. And I think he was scheduled, or they were acting like he was going to come off the IL on uh, Saturday to what tomorrow we're recording Friday night here, but um, their whole series is postponed. So I have a feeling when the Yankees come back, which I would assume to be Monday or Tuesday, the judge will be back. So I'm going to say him, but uh, yeah, I mean, if they said he was out for, if he got hurt again, I mean, the injuries with him don't surprise me anymore, but he at least uh, went off there for, a good stretch at the beginning. So I'll see him.
0: Yeah. Regardless, he helped you because you weren't going to start the year with him healthy if they had started in March. Right. And and instead you've got a really good first quarter of the season with him before he got hurt again. Man, it'd be nice to see him and um, Stanton just go a full season healthy. It would be really fun to see what those two could do. Yeah. Hopefully someday we get something at least close to that. Uh, I have two of them. Eugenio Suarez was my main one. Uh, him, he wasn't expected to start the year healthy, and he's starting out slow here. But still, I've got him. I, you know, I, I got him at a pretty good discount because he was not going to start the year healthy. I think even when I got him, people were saying it was a good buy for where I got him. And then Clayton Kershaw, he was healthy to start the year in eight, March, April. He looked ready to go, but I just think that a guy like that who is dealing with chronic back issues and seems like something all the time, a smaller sample gives him a better chance to stay healthy for an entire year. That's, I mean, 12 starts is a third of a season, and he had plenty of times over the last few years has had a really good third of a season to where I'm, I put him in there too just because he's got a small window, and even though he missed the first his first start, I mean, he's been awesome since then. Okay, uh, last one here. Lucas Beery asks, who are some by-low young bats in Dynasty you would consider going after? Andrew, do you have any of those?
1: By-low, I've got one, and I actually traded for him in one of my Dynasty leagues this year, but it's, uh, it's Nick Senzel. And it's mostly because there's like this rain cloud over his value right now because there's just a perception from everyone basically that he's always hurt which he pretty much is I mean it's kind of tough right now it's been a there has been a lot of injuries uh, I do think that some of it is just kind of bad luck random whatever you want to call it and that there will be a point where he isn't getting hurt like he is now um, I don't I know people don't maybe remember this far back, but there was a point when Anthony Rendon was viewed like this too. And I'm not saying Nick Senzel's Anthony Rendon. He's not. But um, now, I mean, obviously we've seen what Rendon can do. And I think Senzel, I think most of Senzel, I guess the main point is, I think most of Senzel's issues are injury-related, not performance-related. And whenever there's a young especially with a young hitter where but even even with pitchers too but especially with hitters when the main issue is injury and not what they're doing when they're playing because Senzel for the most part I mean he doesn't walk a ton I guess is maybe the knock on him performance wise but He's been pretty good across the board. Like he's the type of guy that can give you power, give you speed, like a little bit of all of it. You know, he's a pretty good hitter. Um, But just, you know, that's the big thing with him is the health. And I I think that uh, you can get him for a price that's pretty good right now. So he would be my main one. I'm sure that I could come up with others, but just one that I've thought of recently.
0: Is he hurt right now or is he healthy? I don't even know. He's
1: on the IL, but I—I've read a few things that lead me to believe that he may have had COVID. I don't know if it's because, oh, okay, yeah, because the Reds had the thing, and I mean they just haven't mm-hmm. said there hasn't been any. Um, that's not official or anything, but I—they haven't given like a listed injury like there's nothing you know so yeah it says undisclosed right yeah Yeah, so i they can't say it i mean go figure he's the one that gets covid like it's just (laughs) it's always something with him but i just feel like there it will eventually it just won't happen you know and then he's going to be a pretty good player i mean it's he was a top 15 20 prospect just this time last year or you know right before he came up so uh, maybe even higher than that, actually. So yeah, I just I just still think he's a good player. Just needs to get past the injury woes. But I mean, everybody's kind of downgrading him or like, you know, selling him lower. I feel like because of that. So I think you can take advantage of it. Yeah, his Statcast
0: data looks real good. Looking at that and looking at his Fangraphs page real quick. Yeah, he's been pretty good in the lot, in this first couple of weeks of playing in the season this season. So yeah, I definitely. I just did a quick search to see who owned him in a couple of my leagues to see if I could look into possibly making some offers. I might be trying to do that over the course of the next few days because that is impressive what he's doing so far. Hopefully he can stay healthy, and I really like the Anthony Rendon comment because that is, I mean, yeah, Rendon had that cloud over him coming through the minor leagues and even had the big knee injury in the majors, I think, in his second season, so good one. I don't have one that good. I, I'm. I Honestly, I think in a big names, whenever I'm thinking of... I, whenever I was kind of scrolling through and thinking of... Vlad Jr. is getting hot right now, but I think there was a little bit of a window where people were starting to get concerned. Maybe there's somebody still concerned. Unfortunately, D- Rafael Deaver kind of in the same boat. He's, re- he's starting to hit better the last couple of days. Uh, somebody could be concerned with Dylan Carlson's start, maybe because he's a prospect on his... you know, Prospects can lose a lot of value if they come up and struggle early on. And maybe there's a buying opportunity for any of these next three guys that are just coming up, which is Dylan Carlson, Carter Keboom, Joe Adele. All of them are struggling right now. It may be worth uh, letting them go through another week of... Actually, I don't even want to say that because you never know when any of these guys could get hot. But I think all these guys... Will have more value than they do right at this moment. At some point in the future,
1: yeah, I'm really surprised that um, that Gavin Lux isn't up. I what is going on with that? Like that is just re- it's I, really surprising to me.
0: I'd love to know what's going on at their camp right now because he's well past the like restriction for for like having that ex- service time, but. I don't know. That's that's a good question. What is going on there?
1: I'm going to I'm going to drop this on you. I know no preparation here, but what do you think of Jordan going into the future with his knees? Like how are you like what's your panic on that? I mean, what do you think?
0: I'll tell you, it's kind of weird for me to answer this because a lot of the concerns he has, I had the same ones over Stanton early in his career. And I'm like, man, I just don't know if this guy's going to be able to stay healthy. And then he went off and was just incredible for a few years. And I had had the same concerns about this time of his career, a year or two in. I'm like, man, is this guy always just going to be hurt? And Jordan's got the same fears, a big-bodied guy just like Stanton. Stanton managed to stay healthy, and that doesn't mean Jordan will figure it out or be able to also, but it's concerning. I mean... All off season, we kept hearing about this, or at least all into spring training, and yeah, it's not good. Big body guys with bad knees is scary. Yeah, I,
1: I, Greg I, Oden would agree. Yeah, I, I really, I just, I don't know what to think. I, I've thought about it a decent amount. I have him in a dynasty league, and um, I definitely, hard to, I definitely hard think to sell him right now. See, I think you can still sell him if you're really panicked or like if you're really worried about it. I think you can still sell him for a pretty good price, especially to somebody who's not in, you know, in the hunt this year or whatever. Um, But I don't know. I think there's still going to be points or, you know, a point like probably next season where he's just going nuts. I mean, like this guy's such a good hitter that. I do think that that's going to happen, but I tell you what, man, like knees, they just, they don't get better. And Mm -hmm. he's like a young guy having knee issues. I mean, I don't want to, it's like, there's part of me that says, yeah, young guy having knee issues that's never going to get better. It's, it's just not, I mean, that just, he's rested it the whole off season and it still isn't good, you know? But then it's like, there's this other part of me that's like, this guy's so good that if he is in there, I mean, he's going to be crushing. So I don't know. It's hard to say. He's another one. I'm really curious to see his ADP next year because I think it's going to drop quite a bit. I think it's going to drop quite a bit.
0: What you said there, you think he'll still have that hot tear, and I agree to where the only way I would really move him in a dynasty league is if I'm competing and I need somebody right now and losing him hurt me, and I need to get that spot filled. If not, yeah, I'm holding and trying to wait for that hot stretch. Yeah,
1: the team I have him on is pretty young and still kind of like on the upswing, so I'm probably just hanging on to him. But um, yeah. I just been thinking about it because there's so many different things that go into like the thoughts with Jordan right now. I feel like there's just, I mean, like great hitter, knees, and I don't know, it's just there's a lot of... uh a lot of things that have gone through my head with that. Yeah. Hopefully
0: he gets himself right because he's a lot of fun to watch Definitely. and he the Astros need him as they've got a lot of guys that are going to be hitting free agency soon in the next year or two. Okay. Good talks today. I thought that was a lot of fun and I was going to have a I think I'm just going to finish this off and bring up what we're going to be doing next week, which Andrew, we're going to put out on the Facebook group and we're going to ask people about some dynasty trades that have happened this year, especially with this odd 60 game season. I thought it'd just be fun to hear about some trades and maybe that'll lead us to having some conversations about players we haven't talked about yet and just have some strategy talk and just thoughts on some trades. So I'm going to put it out on Twitter. I'm going to put it in the Baseball 365 Facebook group. And if you've got a trade that you'd like for us to talk about on the podcast that's happened in a dynasty league, give us some league context, how many teams, how many roster spots and all that. But Andrew and I are going to talk about it, and make sure, especially if this trade involves you, you're okay with us talking about it. Because if your trade was terrible and you made a big mistake, we might say that. (laughs) So (laughs) be sure you're okay with some honest opinions because we're going to give them. But I think that's what we're gonna do, and I think it'll be fun. You and I both love dynasty conversations and talking trades, so I think this will be one we'll both enjoy.
1: Yeah, it'll be definitely definitely be good. Talking trades is one of my favorite things, probably. So yeah, it'll be fun.
0: Yep. Well, thank you all for listening, and take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys.